you know, if this is a constant thing that's going on with her and you include that she wouldn't leave the delivery room, this is a little bit more serious. There's problems here. You know, this, this grandma, this mother-in-law seems to have some serious issues about understanding where her place is in the family. Do you have a mother-in-law who doesn't respect your boundaries, or you for that matter? Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in with tips and advice. Stay tuned. Our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is hosting a live tweet chat every Tuesday at 3.30 Pacific Time using the hashtag Tasting2. That's T-U. I'll be co-hosting and we'll have special guests join us to answer all of your questions. And you can find more information about the Tasting 2 wine chat by visiting hitchedmag.com and clicking the wine club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined once again with the always fantastic, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. I've got a big smile on my face. You're so sweet. <laughs> always a pleasure. I love talking with you, um, and we have... Uh, we were just talking about this one off air. It, it's, it's quite the doozy. Um, and hopefully not many of you are in this situation, but we're talking in-laws today and we know some relationships can be fantastic and other relationships can be, uh, to put it more bluntly, a, a big pain in the ass. Um, but, uh, we're going to try to, we're going to try to help you out here. Um, we have, uh, a reader letter. It was a very long letter, um, and we're going to do our best to kind of uh, go through just some of the some of the issues that were raised in this letter. Um, not going through the entire letter, um, but really, uh, it it's about boundaries. It's about upsetting the 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 son, um, the the daughter in law, not getting the respect that she feels she deserves. So. Um, Let's just, you know what? Let's just dig into it. So, uh, yeah. And you know, Steve, I was thinking that I, I don't know if, if you're okay with this, but maybe we should just have a general conversation about what do you do with the whole in law situation and when it's difficult? Because clearly, from some of the points that you shared with me about this letter, and, and you know, maybe you should. Um, uh, we, I'll tell you what we can use. We can we can use what I what uh, this person wrote as kind of like a guide to mm-hmm. to to steer the conversation. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So I guess um, the first thing, and this is the first topic we can discuss, is uh, the getting the mother in law to respect boundaries. Um, so in this case, uh, the the mother in law has questioned the parenting method, saying certain things such as, you know, I've raised kids myself. Um, the also feels like the other grandparents are getting treated better, uh, although. 
in the letter, it was mentioned that the other grandparents follow the rules that have been established. Um, and this goes all the way back to when the child, the grandbaby was born. Um, the mother-in-law was escorted out of, uh, the, uh, delivery room because the daughter-in-law, the, the son, neither of them wanted her there anymore. Um, and she refused to leave. So you could see the breaking down of the barriers from the very, beginning uh of the grandchild being born um so this is obviously a pretty extreme case um so but what uh what can what can people in general do or this person do uh to to start establishing those those boundaries and getting the the mother-in-law to respect the rules okay so I'm going to just talk generally okay. and then we'll get specific. It's the whole in-law situation is a very, very delicate balance because you want to respect your mate's parents because when you marry somebody, you don't marry just the person you do marry their family mm-hmm. and they have, a continued relationship with their family of origin. And in the best of all worlds, um, it would be nice if they are extended family and they are part of your lives. Um, As we know, a lot of times there is tension and friction. um, And then there are varying degrees of that. Um, Now, a lot of it is going to depend on the spouse and what their reaction is. So let me be a little bit more specific. If, uh, let's say I'm the Mm daughter-in-law and you're my mate, and I feel that your mother or father are being intrusive, Mm -hmm. and you say, you know, it's my mother. What do you want? Um, You know, I can't tell her no. I, I don't want to upset her. That creates a real problem because you're now in the middle. And if I continue to be upset, you have to now make a decision between calming me down, but also not wanting to upset your mother. And as your wife, I'm likely to experience the feeling of I'm not as important. Mm. I'm wife now. You're supposed to put me in the middle. But as the mother... Um, that's a basic biological attachment and it's very hard to break from very early childhood attachment issues, especially if there's been this connected enmeshed feelings. And so if the spouse hasn't dealt with them, it's going to be really, really hard. It's going to be a real, real struggle. So a lot is going to depend on the, the spouse who's in the middle and how much has been resolved. Now, a lot of this can be seen really in the period before you're married. Those red flags will have been there before. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not something that is going to just pop out of nowhere um, after you've gotten married. Um, And unfortunately, as we've said in other podcasts, you know, you have love goggles on and you ignore certain things And you think, oh, it'll be different once we're married. It's not going to be different except that it's going to be more of it. 
So be aware, folks, that um, whatever you see before marriage, those are going to be there. So now let's get back to it. So, so, so for example, you say there's going to be more of it because things like kids come into play, which kind of like raises the stakes? Uh, no. Yes, it does raise the stakes, but what I mean by more of it is that when you are in a relaxed state, meaning their commitment has been made and you're not necessarily as worried about your P's and Q's, so to speak, you um, certain behaviors you take for granted. Mm. So, um, you know, when you're not married... If I say to you again, we'll use you and me as the example. Mm -hmm. Steve, I'm really upset because, um, you know, this is our date. And, you know, I want you to pay full attention to me. Well, we haven't made a commitment yet. You're going to pay full attention to me. But now that we're married, if you and I are home on Friday night, and I've been looking forward to the weekend finally, but your mom calls and says, oh, I need you, you're going to say, well, you know, Karen, um, Mom really needs me, and you know that you're going to see me Saturday morning, so you go running to mom. Mm -hmm. So, so really, it's the what we talk about all the time, which is once that commitment has been made, there's a level of comfort, and then you begin to take uh, the relationship for granted. That's right. Uh, yeah. And and you know your spouse then becomes secondary to other needs. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. Okay. So those boundaries. Whether there's going to be an issue with that boundary should be obvious right from the beginning okay. and should be discussed really right from the beginning. But you're saying – and which is something we've talked about a lot is blood talks to blood. That's correct. So this – in this – in the instance where it's the mother-in-law is, is uh, breaking boundaries with the daughter-in-law, it's really the son who should step in and approach the mother and say, look, mom – uh, you're acting inappropriate and you're not respecting the boundaries, that kind of a thing. That's correct. That's correct. Um, now, I do still believe that it should be done respectfully, mm -hmm. that it should be done in a way of – it's always best to communicate in a way that's lovingly. So, you know, when you give this example of, let's say, which is really an absurd crossing of a boundary – um, but if you say something like, you know, mom, and of course he's probably crazy as their first child and, you know, he's involved with taking care of his wife who's, you know, in labor and, you know, so of course this is like the best case scenario and probably not realistic. But if he can turn to his mother and say, mom, I know you're excited. I know this is your first grandchild. I know you want to be with us every moment. But you got to get out of here. We need our privacy. And the second that the baby is born, you will be the first we tell. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you've respected grandma, you validated her feelings, but you gotten her out of there. Yeah. Okay. Um, now there's also, um, from this letter, there was like a level, it seemed to be a level of competition between, uh, this mother-in-law and the other set of, new grandparents, mm -hmm. which was, uh, you know, I want to be the first to see the baby, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. is it, like, is, is this competitive nature between, um, in-laws? Is that a common thing or how, how would you 
handle yes. that aspect yes. of it? Um, you know, I will share with your audience and understand th- this is a joke, but you know what they say about every joke. There's a little, you know, thing about it. I have two grandchildren. Uh-huh. Now, my grandchildren have another said, well, it's just a grandmother, unfortunately. We've lost um, their, grand- their other grandfather. And sometimes now their other grandmother has three grandchildren. And sometimes, you know, like when they go running to her and me, I'll say, huh, you know, to my husband, <laughs> I'll say, huh, they went running to her and me. Why does she even come over? She's got three of her own. What does she want with mine? Yeah. <laughs> but really, it is coming from at that moment, my emotional little girl feeling, you know, a little bit like, oh, you know, what's the matter with me? Why don't they want me? Now, of course, I'm admitting that because I'm a person. I'm not perfect. I've got my emotions. But we both get along very well. We share the children, blah, blah, blah. You know, if this is a constant thing that's going on with her and you include that she wouldn't leave the delivery room, this is a little bit more serious. There's problems here. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this grandma, this mother-in-law seems to have some serious issues about understanding where her place is in the family. Yeah. Now, I mean, just talking about this uh, specific situation, um, and you're saying that sounds pretty serious. Is this something where you're just like this already, you can tell already that this is beyond just some simple conversations in the kitchen between the son and the mom. uh, And this really needs to be hashed out with a professional. Well, I would like to think, that if the son can go to his mom and again be very loving and very validating and then you know say but you know here's what we need you to do we're not um, you know we're not telling you we don't want you involved we're not you know saying that you know we don't want you in our lives that the mom would be able to honor that but you know again you acknowledge that you and I spoke before we actually got on the air um, I'm privy to some other things that the mom has done as well. And it does sound like more serious action or help may be necessary. Well, I, I was going to say, let's go there really quick because okay. this, this will toss in another wrench into the works, which is, yeah. so the son has tried talking to the mom mm-hmm. um, and the, the mom or mother-in-law in this case, um, is seems to be very disapproval of the daughter-in-law mm-hmm. um, going so far as to ke- accusing the daughter-in-law, um, well, uh, say, suggesting that the baby isn't her son's, mm-hmm. um, that, you know. That's what she wanted to be in the <laughs> delivery room. <laughs> yes, right? So it's it's kind of, it's, it's funny because it's like, well, if, if that is the case, if that's what you believe, then mm-hmm. you're not the grandmother, so you have no... Uh, rights to seeing this child at all. So back off. Um, But it sounds like it's just coming from a hurtful place. Um, And, you know, this obviously upsets the son because this is the woman he loves. And he's just, he's stuck in the middle here because he's got his mother who he's, you know, it's his mother. And then on the other end, he's got this woman he loves. And uh, it's, it's an emotional struggle for him because he's trying to, appease the the his his wife um and making it uh copacetic and and 
going to his mom and trying to make sure that she doesn't feel left out, but right. the mom's clearly not happy with this. Um, you know, and you brought it up at the beginning. This is really something that the the son should should tackle. Um, like how how would he go about that when when there's such venom being um, put out there by by his mother? Well, here's the thing. I mean, the other thing that I think we should add at this point is that from what was in that letter, the daughter-in-law really is trying to be very amenable and include the grandmother in the life, not shut her out, which I think is really kudos to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's got to be where, again, the son, the son speaks to the mom, and if that doesn't go well in the kind way, he may have to just set certain restrictions and say, look, if you're going to continue this, then here are the consequences. You know, we're only going to let you, you know, come over on such and such or, you know, we'll, you'll see the grandkids when we come to you, you know, whatever. Now, you can't change anybody. Yeah. You can, however, um, look to alter their behavior by, you know, consequences and reinforcement, you know, mm-hmm. behavioral change. Um, you might have to say something like, you know, I'm concerned that you keep having these reactions and, you know, maybe, um, you would like to go talk to somebody about this. You know, that's another possibility. I mean, it depends on how, uh, bad this gets. Um, it may get to the point where really they have to cut off, you know, seeing her for a while. Mm-hmm. So she gets, so she gets the point, um, you know, and that's really a very drastic kind of measure. But if this woman just refuses to go along with something after all these efforts on their part, including that the, the daughter-in-law is trying so hard to be accepting and include her, um, they may have to get involved. Now, what I, what I noticed, Steve, is there was no mention of the father. I don't know if the father is not in the picture, but maybe they could also appeal to the father and ask for a little assistance as far as him, you know, helping out or making suggestions or, you know, working with his wife. Mm. Now, if the father, uh, okay, so if the father's there um, trying, trying that tactic, if the father isn't there, uh, would it, this, could you use that same type of, uh, would you offer that same suggestion toward like another sibling or um, an aunt or an uncle or something, Not or is sure. that too far removed? No, no, no. If she's close to a sister, I think you could appeal to the, an aunt and say, "Look, you know, we we really want mom included in our lives, but she seems to be going a little overboard. You know, maybe if you could help out a little bit, we'd really appreciate it." Um, Again, a lot of it is going to depend on how outrageous she gets. Sure. Now, is there ever a point where it would be, um, and you mentioned about cutting off um, ties, at least for a little while, uh, where it's, you know, part of it's like the son and the mom don't have a specific issue other than the daughter, the daughter-in-law. So would there ever, would you ever see a situation where um, the son keeps in contact with his mother? Uh, but the daughter-in-law and the grandchild are removed? 
I've <clears throat> worked with couples with that. A lot of that's going to depend on what the daughter-in-law is comfortable, the daughter-in-law and the son are comfortable with. If they can agree that that works for them, mm -hmm. as long as it works for both of them, then that's okay. But it's got to be where the daughter-in-law says, look, you know, clearly there's an issue between your mom and I. You know, I cannot feel disrespected like this on a constant basis, uh, but I don't want you to have to cut off from your mom. And he says, you know, if you're really cool with that, you know, and I'll just see her once in a while, I'm not going to force you to do anything. Um, as long as they're both okay with it, yeah. then, then that's okay. And, you know, part of this sounds like, oh, that seems like a reasonable thing. But now there's another wrinkle to that, which is every time the son goes and sees his mother, she just complains about the the, the daughter-in-law and the how she's not seeing the grandchild, which then makes him upset. And he comes home and then he emotionally takes it out on his wife, which just yeah, that's makes, okay. which yeah, makes that's them both okay. miserable. So in that kind of a situation, then it it really isn't healthy for him to continue seeing his mother if uh if she's just making him feel horrible about uh his his own personal family life right and i think at that point he'd have to say to her look you know i'm i'm glad to see you but if you're going to keep knocking karen then you know i'm i'm just not going to continue to come see you she's my wife and you know it's not okay it's not okay. You still certainly have a special place in my heart, but she's my wife and you cannot speak about this stuff, this way about her. Mm -hmm. And then if she says, okay, okay, and then starts again, he just has to keep stopping her. Remember, you may not be able to change who she is, but you can change her behavior. Yeah, okay. And another uh, another thing to this is uh, the one of the things that was in the letter was that the mother-in-law, uh, and this is a technology aspect to it, a, contacts them, calls the daughter-in-law all the time um, to the point where the daughter-in-law then starts ignoring the calls. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, part of it too is like she's a new mother and she's just exhausted yeah. and can't take the calls all the time. Um, and then that also then upsets the mother-in-law. Um, you know, it, it's easy to establish physical boundaries. You know, you, you, we're just not going to take the grandchild over to your house if this is the way you're going to act. Um, but it's a little bit more difficult to say, you know, you can't call here anymore. Uh, how do you how do you set up those boundaries um, in the in the technological realm with phone calls and text messages and and Facebook comments and whatever else may be going on? Don't pick up the phone. <laughs> just, just keep not picking up the phone. Right. And then again, the son says, you know, um, or, or when the daughter-in-law does call back, she says, you know, mom, I saw that you called a couple of times. I turned off the phone. I was napping. The baby finally took a nap and I was exhausted. You know, um, I, so I just didn't answer the phone. We, you know, we've been talking a lot about how this is really the son and his mother, uh, type of issue what role does the the daughter-in-law play in this i mean sh does she have a responsibility when the phone rings that she should pick it up whenever she is available or is there a point where if the mother-in-law keeps contacting her directly that she should have a sit down or write her a letter or something she can try it 
you know, she can say to her, you know, mom, I, or whatever she calls her, um, it's not that I please understand that it's not that I don't want to be in touch with you or be involved with you. But I'm sure you remember that when there's a new baby, there's just so much to do. And I'm just not able to respond all the time. I don't think that that'll be satisfying to this kind of a woman. Uh-huh. Uh, so she can do that. But, you know, and then not pick up the phone as much. And then when she finally does call her, say to her, you know, Mom, remember I told you, you know, how tired I am or whatever. I, you know, I took a nap or I was out or I was bathing the baby. I mean, to this day, there are times I call my daughter's house and they don't pick up the phone. And I realize, oh, they must be bathing the kids or they must be talking to the kids about, you know, the kids are having a fight and they're talking to the kids. So then they don't want to pick up the phone, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't take it personally. It, you know, they're busy. You know, the kids have very busy lives these days um, and you work around it. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And and uh, but you're but I'm assuming in your situation, the daughter calls back, right? Maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe she doesn't call me to the next day and she says to me, Mom, sorry, I just never got back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I there were a million things happening and I just couldn't get to with your phone. I'm, OK, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So it's rational, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, any parting thoughts? Um, this really seems to be a boundary issue. Any parting thoughts on on this type of situation with in-laws not respecting boundaries? Well, just again, that it's a very, very delicate balance because, you know, the the mate – whose in-law is the difficult one, is in the middle. And um, it may seem easy enough to say, well, I'm your mate and I should come first. But you do have to respect the fact that it is there, the person's family of origin and that um, that really uh, touches off some very, very strong attachment issues, regardless of how old you are. Um, so if you're going to approach your mate, Steve, you are the husband, Mm -hmm. what I'm going to say to you is, look, I know you're in a difficult position. Um, I'm not asking you to cut off from your parents, but please understand that when such and such happens, it ends up making me feel like I am just disrespected and unimportant. And we need to figure out a way that you can comfortably, um, let your mom know that she's overstepping a boundary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this is definitely not an issue that will go away. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. And you're, you're right too, because with the family of origin aspect of it, because um, it, it, it sounds simple, but you know, these are the people that they're your parents. They raised you for yeah. the last 20 plus years right and uh you know it's it's hard to just one day you fall in love and then you're like you're acting like a crazy person i can't i can't communicate with you anymore that's that's a that's a that's a tough nut to swallow there so uh yeah that's a that's a great point um okay well i think i think we gave uh this person enough to chew on for now 
hopefully uh they <laughs> they they find s- some some resolution in the near future um if you do uh hopefully you write back and let us know how it went or what worked for you and we can share that info uh with our listeners here um but uh i think that'll do it for this time so thank you so I much hope, i hope it was helpful yeah yeah it's it's a tough one it's a tough like like we said off air this is this is one of the tougher ones we've had to tackle be because of all the the wrinkles and complications and yeah. and whatnot, so um, yeah, so best of luck to you out there who wrote that in. Um, and I want to thank you so much for your advice on this one, Karen. Um, I, I I hope it was helpful for all the listeners out there who have in law issues. So thank you, uh, thank you so much. Like always, a pleasure, Steve. Um, before you guys uh, hit the pause button, I want to remind you that uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Uh, she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has a new program out called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get more information and a free DVD just by going to fromfighttoforeplay.com, and that's all spelled out. Uh, you can get more information also at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, Karen is also the host of her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Your Empowered Relationships. Um, and uh, you can follow her on all the social platforms on Twitter at Dr. Karen Sherman. Um, I am on Twitter at Hitch Media. We're on Facebook. We are on Tumblr, we're on Pinterest, uh, we're on all of them. Um, but uh, bef- one last thing is uh, we are uh, starting, um, well, we're recording this on October 8th, uh, but I realize that we don't always publish these um, the same day. But uh, starting today, we are hosting, co-hosting uh, a tweet chat uh, every Tuesday at 3.30 Pacific Time. Um, and we're doing this with our wine club partner, Torian and Tasting, and we're going to talk wine. So we're going to answer all of your wine questions, and each each week we will uh, focus on a specific topic. Um, and there are going to be winemakers who are going to participate in these. Um, so the people who are making the wines can answer questions on what you should be tasting, how they go about doing it, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's free. You can do it from anywhere. The thing that I love about Tweet Chats is you can just pick up your phone, whether you're waiting to pick your kid up at school or you're sitting at a practice. You can just jump online on your phone, um, and we have a blog post up on what a Tweet Chat is, how to participate. Super easy. It's basically a Twitter conversation. Um, and so check that out. Uh, we have information on our wine club page. Uh, and like I mentioned, we also have a blog post we just put up. Uh, so hopefully if you like wine or have any interest at all, um, maybe it's even, uh, you can consider this a new class you and your spouse could take to, to kind of beef up your, your wine chops a little bit. Uh, it's free. You can pop in and out. You can check out the conversation that was had on Twitter after the fact. Um, and so all that information will be on our website. Um, well, it's actually there right now. So, uh, hopefully you can join us and hope I look forward to chatting with you. Um, but, uh, today that's going to end our chat, Karen. So one last time, I just want to thank you so much for your advice. It's great as always. And I look forward to doing this next time. 
Okay, so you take care. Okay, you too. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, keep the letters coming in, everybody. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>